I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts. This episode of Live Wire is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving or cleaning, even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey there, welcome to the Best News Podcast from Livewire, brought to you by Alaska Airlines. This is the show where we talk about what's actually good in the news. Sometimes we have to look long and hard, but we do, and we find those stories and we tell you about them. I'm Luke Burbank, right over there is my pal, Elena Passarello. Hey, Elena. Hey, how's it going? Good. Week two of the new Best News Podcast. Um, last uh, we were speaking, you were doing dry January. How's that going? Believe it or not, I am still doing it. I have not, hey. for the first time in a very long time, I have gone over two weeks without a single nightcap. That is impressive. A single alcoholic nightcap. I've been having plenty of ice cream sandwich cocktails and <laughs> mocktails. <laughs> there is a certain transference that tends to go on in my experience when you cut one vice out, yep. another one sort of pops up. <laughs> well, I'm very impressed that you've uh, that you've made it this far into January. Uh, keep into your uh, to your promise. So week one, I noticed a lot of differences, and now week two, it's not so much. It's like, oh yeah, you know. But like like week one, it was like, wow, I'm sleeping longer, and my pulse mm. is down, and wow, and my, you know, my skin is changing. And now it's just kind of like, oh well, you know, I'm I'm still myself. I just don't have a nightcap. Is there any more fun things to look forward to as I get into week three and four? Hmm. I'm trying to think. The last time I used to give it up for Lent. Mm. I'm not a particularly religious person, You're but that Catholic. was just a good. <laughs> It was just a kind of a good couple of months out of the year to give the old mm-hmm. the old Burbank bod. Sorry for saying that on public radio. The bod bank. It was just a, mo- a moment for me to kind of, you know, yeah. hit refresh on things. And uh, yeah, I, I sort of remember that same arc. There's an initial kind of euphoria because everything's feeling a little bit better, a little healthier. Mm-hmm. Then you, if you're me, you kind of settle into a little bit of a, you kind of plateau a little bit. Yeah. But then I think you'll find some new levels of, of, of joy. It just comes down to your husband inventing new mocktails for you. Oh, my you. gosh. He did this thing with, uh, like, tea and pomegranate the other day. It was so good. But the, So the other thing that's happening, and I don't know if I should blame it on dry January or not, I'm burping a lot. Did that happen when you did Lenten? That is not uh, – that's not a side effect that I've experienced. No. <laughs> Something else is going on. Cutting alcohol out of my life. <laughs> 
Hey, how did you feel about week one of the Best News podcast, our, our, our maiden voyage? How did you feel about it? It was great. You know, it's always great to just kind of check in with you. I enjoyed us getting to speak kind of freely and maybe at a little more length. You know, we do this radio show, Livewire, as well, but that's got to be on radio stations. It's, you know, we've got guests. We're a little tight on time sometimes. This was a fun (laughs) chance to kind of let our hair down. This one was all about us, two narcissists. Finally, (laughs) someone's paying attention to us, Elena. You know who's paying attention to us? Who? (laughs) My dear mom, Susie Burbank, who called in with a little review of week one (laughs) of the Best News Podcast. Do you want to hear it? Yes, absolutely. Take a listen to this. Hey, Luke, it's your mom. Say, I really enjoyed the podcast. I was actually surprised how much I enjoyed it. I was a little bit. Yeah, wait, what? Surprised <laughs> at how much I enjoyed it. Oh, uh, moms. What do they call that? Damning with faint praise? Yeah, yeah. I think maybe what's happening there. Used at first about the dry January. And then it, I listened a second time and caught on that that's uh, all about drinks that are non-alcoholic, which was great. It went on a little long, mm. but I really, really liked the story about the kangaroos and uh, the, the saving of the kangaroo. That was terrific. Aww. So, um, yeah, my opinion is that it's great. Okay, one other thing Uh-oh. I'm not Uh-oh. sure about. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I knew there was going to be one other Record thing. Record scratch. I knew there was going to be. Let's hear what the one other is. If, uh, if it is actually part of Livewire, live um, is there only a half an hour of Livewire and half an hour of podcast, or is it just additional to the hour of Livewire? I don't so know the answer to that. To me, <laughs> I checked with but, the producers. Um, hey, I liked it a lot. So that's my take. Love you. Bye. Aww. <laughs> Did you solicit this feedback? Yes. Yeah, uh, I asked her if she would uh, give us her thoughts. She's got a lot of opinions on everything, and I figured, you know, yeah. it'd be useful to get her feedback. If you are listening to this and you have the same questions as my mother, Susie Burbank, <laughs> this is just in addition to Livewire. So we still got the regular Livewire show, which we release on Fridays online, and then it goes on radio stations all over the country. This is just a little extra half hour or so. The producers would like this to be about 15 minutes a week. <laughs> I would like it to be like about 1.5 hours. So somewhere in between those two time amounts uh, that we're just going to be presenting to folks to, uh, you know, to brighten everyone's week up, hopefully. Speaking of uh, which, uh, any best news from your life this week, Elena? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's an ominous I'm response. Drunk. I'm already drunk. <laughs> I'm drunk on life. Okay. So uh, today... I got the Wordle in three tries. Huh? That was going to be my best news that I'm getting into Wordle. You're kidding. I'm finally part of a movement. I saw what you posted on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, that is, wasn't a good day for me. Was that real? The the six tries? Because at one point you tried the same letter in the same place three times. <laughs> for the Do we need to explain what Wordle is to people? I feel like the yes. Venn diagram overlap of people listening to this <laughs> and people playing Wordle is like a perfect circle. It's probably the same 11,000 people. My buddy... Andrew uh, was at a bar over the weekend and he and his girlfriend were talking about Wordle and playing Wordle. <laughs> and they said not one, this was a dive bar in Seattle. They said not one person in the bar had heard of Wordle and they realized what a bubble they uh, live in. Because <laughs> it feels to be like every person I know is doing Wordle. All the, this is that, that word game that it, maybe if you're on Twitter and you've seen people posting these kind of cryptic. It looks like an old light bright. Remember right, Lightbrite. or Scrabble or something. <laughs> yeah. And um, that's people basically 
kind of showing off how well they did on Wordle. What happened to me was I <laughs> I think the word was tangy. Uh-huh. And I was do I mean I legitimately just went from bad to worse. <laughs> like I first try I got like nothing and then the second try it was also pretty bad and that was when I decided to lean into the comedy oh, okay. of doing as badly as I could which is its own weird challenge yeah. trying to get no letters right is actually kind of hard <laughs> just accidentally you should hit on a couple of them and then I posted that online because that's my way of of, of yeah. injecting some humor into the situation have you gone so far as to post your Wordle score anywhere? I would only do it if it was like yours if it was just for comedy purposes but um, it's so brilliant that the Wordle there's only one game per day one word yeah. that you can guess and I saw on Twitter somebody posted a fact now every day is Wordle Eve <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Like David wakes up a little after me and I'll be in my office working and I'll hear him stirring awake and then he'll go, Wordle. <laughs> like the first thing he does when he wakes up is he plays the Wordle. Oh. I did like, I've, you know, I've done a couple of them in, I don't know, like three or four tries, which I know isn't going to win me a gold medal or anything. That's but good. just the fact that I'm, the fact that I'm able to even complete it because I am just hopeless with like crossword puzzles and things like that. Mm, I can't hard. do any of the New York Times no. <laughs> puzzles. Oh, come on. No. Um, and, and so when, when things like this get popular, and I don't know how to do Sudoku, I don't know how to do any <laughs> of these like kind of little word and number games that are supposed to keep our brains sharp. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to do any of them. So the fact that this one I'm actually at least middle of the pack on, it makes me feel very, very included and like I'm part of something. I think three is really good. I don't think I'm ever going to do better than three. So, Well, you know what's really interesting is it's the only game that I can think of where if you get it in one try, it's actually less interesting than if you get it in two tries. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's just If you get fake. it in one try, you just sort of threw a dart. Right. And it just like hit it. Speaking but, of, what are your starter words? You know, like the word that, mm -hmm. so you can see however many letters might trickle through to get you to the actual word more closely. Oh, for a while, I think I was using adieu. Oh my. <laughs> I had read somewhere that adieu is a good word because it has a lot of vowels in it. Mm -hmm. But then I started thinking the best starting word Basically, if you could make it work, five different letters. You just want the most letters possible in the first word so that you start to rule things out and rule things in, right? Mm, it doesn't matter what letters as long as there are no repeat letters. Right, because it, every letter that you put into play, then you, you get some information there one way or the other. I've been trying to do the Wheel of Fortune letters. So if there's an R, S, T, L, N, or E in it, that's what I try to do, or as many of those letters. I would be the person, if I got on Wheel of Fortune, which would never happen because I'm terrible at that game, me I would too. be the person who would go viral because it'd be like, <laughs> the, it would be so obvious what it was. There'd be like one letter missing. You know, it'd be like um, happy-go-lucky and like the H is missing. And I'd be like, pappy-go-lucky. <laughs> Happy-go-lucky. Like, something that's not even a saying. <laughs> Well, let's uh, talk about the best news coming out of the wider world. Why don't we? What do you uh, What do you want to talk about this week? In non-wordle news. Non-wordle world news. In worldle news. Wordle news. Wordle news. Um, that sounds like a real yinzer. Yeah, it's very. I was going to say it's very Pennsylvania. Wordle. You want a glass of wordle? Oh, yeah, he's going to go down the shore and play wordle. That ain't no. 
Just go look for our bike. Mervy's Taz, real good show. Okay, um, so our uh, executive, uh, what are you, Laura? I always say it. Our executive, executive producer, the person who would like this show to be 15 minutes long. <laughs> our executive producer, Laura Haddon, sent me this headline that said, Animals Laugh Too. And I was so excited to read about this because a lot of people think or like in the early 20th century and before that one of the things that made humans humans or quote unquote superior to other non-human animals was that they laughed and no other animals did this. And then a little bit later, people said maybe the primates laugh, blah. But this is a, a really interesting thing coming out of UCLA where a primatologist graduate student and a communications professor went back and they reviewed a bunch of studies of complex animal play. So animals engaging in whatever their species considers to be play, which is another example of like super complex behavior. Like we know, we consider the animal to be complex if it engages in play, right? But instead of looking at the things that the animals were doing with their bodies in the studies when they played, these two researchers went back and looked at the data about the sounds that they make. And there are things like panting and non-aggressive cries and guttural clicks and these things that we can connect to what other anthropologists have connected to the anthropology or the origins, the evolution of la human laughter. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they believe that we can look back at something like 65 new species and connect the things that they do when they play, the sounds that they make when they play, to the sounds that we make when we laugh. Because now we laugh like when we watch Three Stooges or whatever, but originally laughter probably came from us play fighting and panting and being out of breath and, you know, like dogs do and all of those things. And then, and then culturally- I never shifted. thought about the, the evolution of laughter. Like it wasn't like a cave person, like- a, a rock fell on a different cave person and they were like started laughing. <laughs> like that wasn't the first time that sound didn't sound like that. The first time no. it came out, it was an evolution of something. Situational laughter came from, or we think it came from these instances of play of engaging. But where with did situational comedies come from? Uh, that came Norman Lear probably. Yeah. Pro yeah. <laughs> he had a all in the cave, I believe was his, uh, his first, <laughs> but I think this is so cool. I think it's even cooler. And there's like all these clips like online of like rats, quote unquote, quote, laughing. Um, oh, I thought about you when I read this part. One of the 65 species that engage in this vocal behavior that we can connect to human laughter, domestic cows. Because I know you love them. <laughs> I sure do. I want a pet cow. Before I'm done on this planet, I really want to have a pet cow. I think that could be arranged. I don't think that's super, I mean, maybe not in your Portland apartment, but. Uh... Yeah, I don't know if what the <laughs> what the leasing rules are here. I mean, they're obsessed with the pets in this building. Every time you get in the elevator, there's a new pet of the month. I mean, is In there... the elevator? Yeah, they, they post it. Oh, I thought you were saying it, they made it live in the elevator for a month. <laughs> <laughs> right now, it's like a Pomeranian named Ginger or something, but it could be my cow. Yeah. Terry the cow. Terry Burbank. <laughs> <laughs> Other animals that engage in this kind of vocal behavior that we can connect to human laughter, seals. Okay. Dogs, which if you have a dog, apparently a lot of dogs kind of do this kind of laughing kind of behavior. Mongooses, who knew? Whoa. Yeah, and a bunch of birds. I was just talking about um, Ricky Tiki Tave mm -hmm. over the weekend and how I saw an animated version of Ricky Tiki Tave when I was a kid and mm -hmm. it was way too serious and dark. 
That's a dark story. Yeah, I don't know if it was verbatim to what Kipling wrote or not, but I was not ready for that at age like four. Like this mongoose psyching itself up before it went out and fought a cobra. Yeah. Like it was it was way too serious for me. It's dark. And they're amazing. Like mongooses, have you ever seen like a mongoose will go and steal a cobra's eggs? And then it gets this look on its face while it's holding the eggs like, <laughs> which sounds a little like laughter. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so animals laughing. Yeah. That's adorable. I have an animal story I wanted to tell you about that also kind of fits into that category of like, we think that we're special as humans because we can do certain things, but animals are also capable of them. In Israel, they have taught goldfish how to drive. What? How to drive what? Answering the question... Asked by absolutely no one, can a goldfish drive? <laughs> it reminds me of that old saying, a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle. Maybe yeah. they do need a bicycle because they can drive. <laughs> you know what's really sad? I think I thought Bono wrote that line because it's in a U2 song. Oh, right. Trying to throw your arms around the world. <laughs> but it shows you what my what my sort of knowledge base is that I was like, hey, that's a pretty clever line from old Bono. <laughs> I believe it predates the song. Um, yeah, at Ben-Gurion University, they developed something they're calling an FOV, a fish-operated vehicle. <laughs> it's a ro- So it's like a little kind of robotic stand with wheels, and it has a fish tank on it with a goldfish in it. And they've been giving these goldfish driving lessons. There's basically kind of a remote sensing technology that uses laser light to collect info on the vehicle's ground location and then where the fish is inside the tank. And based on where the fish swims in the tank, it directs this FOV, this fish-operated vehicle, around the room and around a little sort of obstacle course. And if the fish does it successfully, they get a food reward. And it turns out these fish can learn how to drive pretty quickly. They got like 10 lessons. What? And they're they're basically driving now. They learn how to be in a bowl, but manipulate a vehicle through an obstacle course. Well, the bowl is kind of the vehicle. So let's just imagine somebody plopped you down in a car. You didn't really know what it was, but eventually over time, you figured out that when you do certain things, it makes it go in one direction or the other. Okay. Because the fish are actually, they're not just in there kind of experiencing it. They're directing it because when they direct it properly, they get a a food reward. That's amazing. Here's what I think is really interesting. Much like humans... Elena, some goldfish are better drivers than other <laughs> others. This is Ronan Segev. He's a neuroscientist, one of the people running this project. There were uh, very good fish that were doing excellent, and there were uh, mediocre fish that were uh, showed controlling of the vehicle, but were uh, uh, were less uh, were less proficient in driving. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so there are the goldfish that are pretty good at driving, and the goldfish that are not so great at driving. Are you a good driver? Uh, no. No, sir. (laughs) At least you admit it, because my experience with people who are not great drivers is that they are the most – one of them may have even left a review of our podcast (gasps) on the show this week. What? That we just played. (laughs) Her name rhymes with blur blank. (laughs) Yes. The people I know who are not excellent drivers – I love you, mom. I love you so much, but let's let's be real – are also, in my experience, very strident that they are – great at driving. So oh. if you're not a great driver, Elena, I'm glad that you at least recognize it. Yeah, no, I, I stink. How about you? Are you good? I, I mean, I think I've, I've had a, a fender bender or two, but generally I've had a pretty good driving career. I am ready for the driverless cars though. Yeah, like no. sign me up, an electric 
driverless car that just I can nap in. I want a hammock in there. <laughs> I just want to skip straight to the fish chauffeur. I think that's a <laughs> get him a little cap home, Jeeves. Like I think that's what I would like to. That's my next. It's a real. That's a Pixar film. <laughs> yeah. In the making, right? <laughs> yeah. The fish driver. The yeah, song like would be, they, they, this is the, the name of the movie would be Driving Miss Crazy because it'd be me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're teaching the goldfish how to drive. Right at about the time when we're going to eliminate the need for drivers yeah. pretty soon. Uh. Even my car is, you know, it's not legal to have self-driving cars yet. But my car does have a thing where it is like cruise control, but to the absolute maximum. Huh. So you can just set the speed and it very, very carefully make sure that you don't get within like two car lengths of the car in front of you, but it tries to keep your speed constant. It really mm. uh, makes it a much safer experience because if your eyes do drift or something, you really can't rear end a car in front of you. Mm. And it's great, but I have become totally dependent on it. I can already feel my ability to stop the car by myself atrophy. Oh dear. That's what I mean about the self-driving cars. Like I was in a rental car yeah. recently and it, it didn't have that feature. And I was like, wait, which one of these things on the floor do I hit? Holy to make cannoli. this thing stop. You need to get you a fish chauffeur stat, my friend. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> hey, a heads up about our regular Livewire production. It comes out this Friday. We're going to be talking to our friend, the comedian Paul F. Tompkins, about starting a podcast with his wife during the pandemic. They came up with the term. Well, actually, it was his wife, Janie Haddad's mother, I believe, who mentioned something to them. She calls her, uh, when she's when she's having an adult beverage, she calls it her weekend water. That's right. <laughs> she's from South Carolina, if, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. I was going to say, that sounds like something that you would have known about. Had you ever heard that term growing up in Georgia, growing up in the South? No, you know, the one that I heard, you know, a drink was alcoholic if you called it a cold drink, but you put the emphasis on cold. So like, go have a cold drink. You know, versus a cold drink. That was, uh, and you know, that TV show Justified, that's the way that uh, Walton Goggins, uh, the, what is this, Boyd Crowder. Boyd Crowder. That's the way he says it. A cold drink, because uh, he's from Georgia, and I was like, oh, there you go. Okay. Uh huh. Do you ever put peanuts in your Coke? I love, oh my God. Yeah. Oh, oh it's so the good. The Barbara Mandrell song? Only I was cu- when country I was country when country wasn't cool and she sings about putting peanuts in my coke. I am not I'm not aware, but I do say it only works in a glass bottle. Like you can't just have like a big gulp of coke and just dump like some planters in there. That doesn't. You got to drop one peanut down the the narrow neck of a ice cold glass bottle of Coca Cola. That's that's where it's at. Well, we're going to talk to Paul F. Tompkins about weekend water. We're also going to talk to Sarah Marshall, who is the host of this incredibly popular podcast, You're Wrong About, yes. which is such a great listen. Uh, she goes back along with her co-hosts to sort of look at big stories, you know, the OJ trial or various famous people from history, um, where the narrative that a lot of us kind of created in our mind or mm-hmm. that the media helped create for us was quite wrong. I like the one on the spilled coffee, the McDonald's coffee tort yes. law uh, from the 80s, from when I was a kid. That's a really good one. That story really, has, that's one of those ones that I just think about all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the story, of course, was, we're not going to just do you're wrong about podcast here, but of course, <laughs> the story was somebody spilled coffee on themselves and they sued McDonald's and, and it made the rounds on all the late night shows. And can you believe you can sue for spilling coffee on yourself? And it was kind of an example in some people's minds of how frivolous we'd become. Mm-hmm. And when you hear the real story mm-hmm. of the harm done to this woman mm-hmm. from this extremely dangerous 
boiling lava water that uh, <laughs> she was given. It's it's really changed the way that I think when I hear about you know somebody seeking legal kind mm-hmm. of remedy on something, I always think about that story. So anyway, we're going to talk to Sarah Marshall, and we're going to have some music from Buffalo Nichols, blues musician coming to us from uh, Austin, Texas. Uh, so that is coming out this week on Livewire on Friday. Do not miss it. All right, let's thank everyone who made this week's show possible. Of course, Laura Haddon, our executive producer and chief timekeeper. Our producer and editor is Melanie Sevchenko. They're going to cut all of this out. That's fine. Our assistant editor is Trey Hester. Molly Pettit is our long-suffering technical director and mixer. Our theme music is composed by the wonderful and talented A. Walker Spring. Uh, We also want to thank you, our listeners. Thank you for tuning in to week two of the Best News Podcast. We'll be back here next week with another edition of the show. Until we see you then, please have the absolute best week. Dear Livewire, when we first met, I was really shy. I had no idea we'd spend so much time together or that you'd be one to fill my heart with with joy and make me want to be a better person. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were here. I was busy reading a review from one of our many, many rapturously smitten listeners. Oh, wait, actually, no, sorry. This is from Elena. Anyway, the point is, uh, it would be really helpful if you wanted to leave us a review Feel free to say really nice things about us, and uh, we'll even read them now and then on the show. So you might hear your review of Livewire read on the program itself. Uh, Reviews help other people hear about the show, and then we can keep doing this for a long, long time, because we love having this job. Uh, Thank you so much if you've left a review, and if you're about to leave a review, you can go ahead and do it right where you get the podcast.